You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. Welcome to the Win Win Podcast. This is Ben Wolf. Uh, we're going to talk with our guest today what to do, how to do more with less in business. When you're at that awkward adolescent phase between childhood and adulthood, between being a solopreneur and being a, you know, a, a small business that's really ready to, you know, to use, you know, uh, robust tools like scaling up or EOS and, you know, fractional integrators and CFOs. And you're kind of at that, at that scale with a leadership team of three to five people, like, you know, you're not there yet. You're at that, you know, you're at that in-between awkward adolescent phase. Like I really, really want to understand how to do more with less in business in that scenario. That's what our guest today is going to help us with. She is the author of the Lean Out Method. Uh, I'm, and I'm sorry, she's the founder of the Lean Out Method, which helps entrepreneurs scale their business simply and sustainably. You can find out more about her at leanoutmethod.com. Uh, I welcome uh, Krista Grasso. Nice to have you. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me today. Well, my pleasure. I'm happy to have happy to have you. And um, if we could start by giving us a quick two minute background and context into you know how you got to be talking about this topic, and you know I guess how, how we got to be talking about this subject. Yeah, absolutely. So the birth of the lean out method was a bit of a, a windy and unpredictable road, as I think so many entrepreneurs' journeys are. And I had started off uh, wanting to be a fine art. I was a fine art major in college and knew that I wanted to have my own business in the creative space. I wasn't sure what it was, but I knew I wanted to do something. So I ended up graduating college with a business degree and a whole lot of college debt, as most of us do, and decided I was going to work for a few years to pay that down while I figured out what I wanted to do for my creative business. And as luck, I guess you would say, would have it, I ended up getting my first job out of college was I was hired by one of my morning customers out of a Starbucks that I was managing. And he said, I've got this great opportunity. I think you'd be the perfect fit for it, but wow. I need you to start tomorrow. And the only way that we could do this is if you come in as a consultant. I had no idea what consulting was, but I said, yes, I just got my first job. It paid well. I was excited. So I took that opportunity and it just so happened to be an organization that was in lean manufacturing. So it was this happy accident that I ended up in both consulting and really getting deeply immersed into the world of lean and project management and a lot of things that I would have never guessed I would have loved as much as I did. So fast forward a few years and I did launch my creative business. I launched a jewelry business called Chris Cara. We just celebrated our ninth anniversary in that business, but I made all of the mistakes that a new business owner frequently makes. And in a product-based business, those mistakes are very expensive mistakes. So I accumulated a lot of debt. I had myself running pretty hard on the hustle hamster wheel and was very much on the verge of burnout. I had some health concerns associated with it and reached that tipping point in the business where I knew I had to either make changes or close it down. And I did not want to do that. So that lit a fire underneath me to figure out how can I save this business? How can I do things differently? And that was where I took a look at why in all these businesses I'm consulting with, am I getting them such incredible results? Meanwhile, I'm struggling so much in my own small business. And that was the realization. I was not leveraging any of the lean principles that I was consulting on in my mm -hmm. own business. So that was the birth of lean out method. I was my own first test subject there. Mm -hmm. 
And over the years, it's evolved quite a bit where I started with more fashion-based, product-based businesses. Today, I work primarily with coaches, consultants, and service-based businesses with the model. Awesome. Well, paint us, paint us a picture here of these of these people in the messy middle, like this in-between space uh, where, where, where you're the kind of people you're working with. Paint us a picture. What what are they going through? What are what what are the pains that they're having? Absolutely. So the messy middle is like such an interesting place to be in business because you've got a good thing going. You've proven out your product. You've proven that you can get your customers incredible results. And generally you're doing that in a way that you love. There's something that you really love about what you do. A lot of the people I work with are very passion fueled, um, but they've put themselves on the hustle hamster wheel that I had put myself on where everything is dependent on them. They're in a place where they are working so hard and they are working so much that it's hard for them to either step away from the business or when they do step away from the business to turn their brain off so they're not constantly thinking about things. And they typically either don't have a lot of systems in the business or the systems they have aren't really well used or well um, you know, supporting what needs to happen. And when it comes to team, they either don't know how to really lead a team in a way that they can have that team that's very self-run and very high performing, or they're still having just a few people and everyone's wearing a lot of hats. So really they just end up at this place where they've got a really great thing going. They could see this amazing future ahead of them, but they are so stuck in the weeds in their business and things are so complex and overwhelming that it's really hard for them to see how they can get there. What differentiates somebody at that stage that you're describing from, you know, from, I don't know, from a larger organization or someone that's a little further along and is ready for maybe something more robust, like implementing entrepreneurial operating system EOS or scaling up or using fractional COOs or integrators or CFOs, et cetera. Like maybe they have a bigger leadership team. Like what differentiates, how do they know that they're in this, that messy middle stage you're describing as opposed to that bigger stage like how do they how do they tell what's the difference how do they tell which one they're in yeah and there's some characteristics so generally speaking the messy middle tends to be more multi six multi seven figure range low multi multi seven figures so it also tends to be a smaller team size and it tends to be where you don't have a lot of really robust and supportive systems. So if you're at that place where there is a lot that's very dependent on you still, I think that that's one of the biggest indicators is you feel like things can't run without you. Instead of having a team that works as a team, you are the hub in the middle who's directing every single thing that every single person is doing. So it's all dependent on you. You don't have an actual team dynamic where people are taking that accountability and inspired ownership of executing on the vision. It's still all very dependent on you. So there's some kind of concrete things like multi-six, multi-seven figures, smaller teams, typically under five people. But that being said, it's more almost characteristic based of where you're at and how much is dependent on you and how much of a team and system support you have around you that lets you actually elevate yourself to think strategically instead of being so sucked down into problem solving in the weeds. Okay. So let's say there someone's in this situation, they're in the messy middle or the awkward adolescent phase of, of the growth of their business. So 
what's the way out, right? What, what are the, what are the main elements of, of somebody getting to lean out, you know, or like, what, what do you mean by that? What is the lean out method? Yeah, absolutely. So if for anyone who's familiar with lean, lean is really all about maximum value for your clients, maximum value for your business in minimum waste. And if you think about all of that complexity that you have at that stage in the business, the reality is there's a lot of things that are in place that don't need to be there. There is almost always an opportunity to lean out, to eliminate the things that aren't actually contributing to your client experience and value for the clients or profit for the business. And what I see a lot of people doing at that stage is they're easily distracted by a lot of amazing ideas and opportunities. So they're spreading themselves in a lot of different directions, constantly putting out new offers or constantly doing new launches or constantly adding new tools and experimenting with new things. And they don't give themselves the opportunity to really double down on and even identify the things that are working really well so they could lean out and get rid of all of the other stuff that's really just noise and distractions. And usually when you're at that place where you're super overwhelmed, there's actually a lot of extra time in your business. It can just be hard to see if you don't take that time to really identify what matters most. And I think that all starts with clarity of vision. Absolutely critical to start with what I call your next level vision. So what is, what is that? Yeah, so next level vision to me, there's three facets of vision. And I think obviously when you think to the future, you have big ideas and big, bold ideas for your business itself. Hopefully you also do as yourself in the business, as the leader of that business. You can probably see an evolution in your role in the business and what you do and how you spend your time and how much you work. But the piece that I think is really, really critical in vision that I don't always see a lot of people address is your clients. So when you think about your clients of tomorrow and the vision for your clients, how do they grow and evolve as your business grows and evolves? Are they growing with you? So when you look five years out, you're still serving the same client, or do you have a very targeted market where you just work with startups, for example? So for you, lead generation is going to be really critical, whereas in the other scenario, retention is going to be really critical mm -hmm. and having next level offers. So I think as you look to mm -hmm. that vision, you want to get clear on what does the future look like across those three facets, the business itself, what you're known for, how you help people, what your niche is in the industry, what you do, your role, how much you work, what team you have surrounding you, um, and then your clients of tomorrow and what that looks like. And to me, that then informs your business model. And that informs all of the planning and the commitments that you make in your business. Let me, let me go into the team a little bit, right? Because you talk about, you know, you know, having, you know, five, 10 people, you know, basically a bunch of assistants, you know, people doing stuff at your direction, you're still in the thick of everything. When you're not there, you know, maybe you feel like you're pulling and pushing everything that gets done. And if you ever stop pulling and pushing, or you try to take a vacation, things stop happening. Um, what, what are the initial steps of thinking about how to, how to think about the team and getting people more self-sufficient or, or whatever it is, but like, how, how do you think, how do you, how do you advise your clients to think about approaching their team members to move in a better direction? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a few different things, but when I think about team, I see there being four levels. So if you think about a pyramid with four levels, 
up at the top is vision. And that is you. You purely own the vision. And as the leader of your business, you need to be setting and kind of enlisting people in that vision. The next level is strategy. And at the bottom is execution. And when you're in that messy middle, what you tend to do is you own the vision from a strategy perspective. Maybe you join a group coaching program or you have a business coach or a strategic advisor or something that's supporting you. And then you hire a whole bunch of people for as low as you could possibly pay them at the execution level. The problem is you're missing the level in between strategy and execution, which is strategic execution. And this is where you need that person who can look at your vision and say, here's how we're going to get there through marketing. Here's how we're going to get there through our social media presence. You need the person who's not just rolling up their sleeves and doing, but taking all their direction from you. But you need the person who can actually help you look at that vision and say, based on my area of expertise, my thing, this is how we can execute on that best based on the goals that you have. And so I think over time, if you're at that place where you are the hub in the middle, who's directing and telling everybody what to do, and you don't have a cohesive team that's working together, you probably have a lot of execution people in different roles. And you are the person who's providing the strategy and connecting your vision down to execution. You need to look at bringing people in that can do that. Now, in an ideal world, you find a strategic execution person who will both do the strategy and roll up their sleeves. But in reality, sometimes that's where you start to build out your leadership level. And even if it's just a few hours a month, few hours a week at that leadership level, if you have somebody else that has that strategy, it allows you to free yourself up a lot. And then certainly putting the right systems in place around it so that everyone knows what success looks like and can execute in a really consistent, repeatable way. So trying to think how you bridge the gap from where you are to, to, to having someone on board like that, someone like that's probably costing more money, which is probably a painful thing to think about. Um, how do you, I guess, what are some initial steps of getting towards not having pure just executors, uh, but having someone who could help with strategic execution? Like, how do you, how do you get there? Yeah, I think the first thing that you want to do is define what I call your strategic hiring plan. So that is when you look, you have your long-term vision, but you also have clarity on what the next year looks like. You look at where you are today and where you have the most need. So if you know that lead generation is going to be really critical for you at the stage that you're at and what you're going to do from a marketing and sales perspective are going to be really important, then that's the first place that I would look. And I would look at one of two things. Do you have somebody who is in an execution role on your team who you think with the right training and support could actually step into that strategic execution role? I think it's always better to up-level from within, but the reality is a lot of people at that level, they are great roll-up-their-sleeves, get-stuff-done people, but they're never going to be the strategist that you need. So I think you need to look first, do I have somebody in my team that I could invest in training and up-leveling so that they could take on that additional accountability? And if not, 
what's the right person to hire and how can I do that in a way where I can see a return on that investment? It's going to give me enough time back and it's going to get us a better strategy that I know I'm going to generate that revenue back in the business and I can put my time towards profit producing activities. So I would start with looking at somebody that you could bring in on more of a fractional basis. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's five hours a month um, or it's, you know, two hours a week, whatever that ends up looking like for your specific needs, mm. I'd start there and prove it out. And then over time, you can certainly increase that capacity or even turn it into a full-time role, but you don't need that in the beginning. Right. Now you, you can't, you came from and learned a lot about lean and agile. And, you know, when you speak and work on this, how, how, how does that how do those principles or what are those principles? How do they play out in, you know, in the work you do with these messy middle kind of business owners and clients? Yeah, when you're in the messy middle, right? What are your biggest constraints? Time and frequently cash flow. Sometimes you've got good revenue going in the business, but sometimes you don't have really solid cash flow. So I think keeping things lean is really important, right? A lot of times when clients will come to me, they'll have really bloated teams. They'll have hired so many different people and they'll end up hiring people above the level they need them at. So they're paying for execution people at a strategic execution level, but they're not actually doing strategy. And so they don't have a lean team. They're just spending a whole lot of money without getting the return where things are still really dependent on them. So I think you want to be super intentional with what you do. You want that lean team and you want that lean business in general, which means you're focused and doubled down on the things that you know provide the most value and the most profit. And you're eliminating all of those distractions, the noise and everything else that would be considered waste in the business or unnecessary complexity in the business. So from a lean perspective, that's it. And then from an agile perspective, when you have a smaller business, the reality is you are filled with ideas. I joke that ideas are ever flowing and things are ever changing. So you need a balance where you know that you can stay focused on the most important things, but you can still stay adaptive and flexible in how you get there. And I think that that's where the agile concepts come into play, where you have that flexibility and that adaptability while remaining really committed to the outcomes that are going to help you get to that next level vision that you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's like an interesting dichotomy because you're talking about, you know, you're bloated on one hand, but yet it's at a lower level than you need. So you need to like lean out, maybe let go, you know, get to, you know, maybe drop product offerings if you're doing too much of that or dropping extra service offerings, focusing on what, you know, what, I guess what has the greatest profit, what your clients really need, uh, not running after as many new ideas and maybe leaning down the team somewhat where there's bloat, but also you talk about adding somebody who's, you know, a strategic execution element, which is an increased cost also. I mean, that's less lean in a way. So it's, uh, you know, I, I guess you, you have to do both. The money has to come from somewhere to, to be able to do that. Well, what I frequently see is what will happen is somebody will hire this person for five hours and this person for 10 hours and that person for 15 hours. 
And what happens is they have to manage all those people because they don't have the strategic execution level. They're doing all of that themselves. And the reality is if they collapse that down to one person, one full-time person, Mm -hmm. instead of five hours here, five Mm -hmm. hours there, and add a strategic person, they're actually getting more for their investment and they're Mm -hmm. getting more time back. So that's some of the changes that we'll sometimes make with a team because the nature of hiring is like, oh, this person's really great. I heard they write great blog posts. I'm going to hire them to do this. This person does Instagram. I'm going to hire them for that. This one does LinkedIn. I'm going to hire them for that. And you end up with all these people that you then have to coordinate, tell them what to do, oversee what they do. And it just ends up getting a lot leaner when you can condense that down into one really great executor with somebody who can set strategy at a more fractional level. Right. Very cool. Um, Yes, I guess thinking about uh, you know, sometimes you need to go down to go up, you know, you need to, you know, to, to set up team members, to downsize team members, to, you know, to bring on new people, to set up systems, processes, uh, could be, you could feel more overwhelmed in the short term in order to hopefully feel less overwhelmed and more scalable in the long term. How do you how do you help how do you advise people to get to that next level without the overwhelm and and overwork and hamster wheel that you described before? Yeah, absolutely. I always say that the goal always, right, is to work smarter, not harder. But the reality is you have to work harder to be able to work smarter for a very short period of time. And it's just the investment that you have to make to get that time back. But that being said, one of the very first things that I always do with my clients and that I highly recommend, I shared that you start with that next level vision. Well, once you have that vision in place, what you can usually do, especially when you take that and look at your business model, you're going to find a lot of things that you are investing time, energy, and money into that you don't actually need to be investing in, or at least investing in right now. So the very first thing I typically have people do is actually lean out everything that they can so they get additional money back in their business, they get additional time back in their business, so they can invest it in these things. Mm. Because if you're already at that place of complete overwhelm, the idea of adding hiring and systems and a whole bunch of other stuff on top of it, it's almost impossible to Mm. do. So you've got to recover some of that time first and try to find the pockets of money in your business, which I mean, there's never been a client that I've worked with where we have not found time in their schedule and money in their business. So it's there. It's just a matter of taking the time to find it. Um, And so we do that first And then from there, that's where we actually move forward with looking at strategically what's going to get you where you need to go in the most streamlined way. So you don't have to go develop all your systems. You don't have to spend six months of your life documenting things, right? You don't have to go hire this full, huge team. It's you look at what's the next lever that you can pull that's going to help you get there. Is there a strategic hire that you can make that you could bring that person in and with a little bit of training, they could go off and start to build out your systems for the next hire. So it's just looking really strategically at how can you pull those levers to get where you want to go without piling a whole lot more on yourself. Right. Yeah. Curious, I guess part of the synapses firing right now for me listening to you is, is thinking about some of, you know, one of my companies is Wolf's Edge Integrators. So we have 12 
team of currently 12 fractional integrators, 12 fractional COOs. And we're typically, because we're, you know, people with like a lot of executive experience. So typically good for, you know, people who, who are somewhat beyond the messy middle that you're describing. And so we are sometimes talking with people that are maybe, we're maybe not a good fit for them. We're, 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 we're the elephant gun. We're like, you know, we're more the strategic leader, not the strategic execution leader. So, in, you know, in, in a certain sense to borrow some of the terminology you said before. So I'm curious for some of the people that maybe we find ourselves talking with, you know, who are maybe not a good fit for what we do. Um, think about how, I guess just if you can describe, how do you work with your clients? Like what, what does that, what does that look like? The path that you take them on? Yeah, absolutely. So the very first thing that I do with my clients is we do a one day VIP day. And it sounds ironic that people are in a place of overwhelm that they could take a day, but I find it's actually easier for CEOs to clear a full day from their calendar than it is to find multiple one hour chunks on their calendar. So we will take a day and we will deep dive. The first thing we do is we look at what are the current challenges and what are some of those missed opportunities? You have a lot of opportunities in the business, but you feel like you can't get to them because you either don't have the team, don't have the systems or just are too overloaded right now. So we start there. We take that and get really clear on their vision. We then look at the business model that they have to support that and look at where we can either align it, um, lean it out, or whether maybe there's even some things that they're they're just missing huge opportunities and revenue potential with their current client base. So we look at so that. They're coming away with a bunch of homework assignments or a bunch of tasks of like next steps. And then, yep. and then what happens after that day? Is it weekly, monthly, like quarterly? What are you doing with them after that day? Bi-weekly. So we meet bi-weekly because that's usually the cadence that they need. And I have different ways that I work with people. So sometimes I work exclusively with the CEO. Oftentimes I'll even work with their team. So because my team and I do a lot of facilitation of strategic planning, we have our own lean strategic planning framework that we implement. Um, We will do a lot of that for them and work closely with their team. So the CEO has clarity on vision. They know where they want to go. They know what the business model structure is to support that. We also define who they need to hire and what systems they need. And then we'll work with them and their team um, on a biweekly basis to go ahead and actually get that implemented and built out. So coaching and accountability on a biweekly basis to mm-hmm. carry through on the clarity that you get. Yeah. Plus we, we have done for you pieces as well. Uh-huh. Awesome. All right. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I appreciate understanding this and, you know, could, could be something we should stay in touch about, but again, people can learn more, uh, leanoutmethod.com, uh, Krista Grasso really appreciate you making the time and talking about this and explaining this. And I think, I, I think this is, you know, it's an underserved area. You know, you have a lot of people to focus on startups, a lot of people to focus on, you know, kind of the second stage business, you know, scaling up, stage, uh, next level growth, pinnacle, EOS, scaling up, um, system and soul and other, other systems for these larger businesses, but not that much for that messy middle, uh, that you're describing. So really, really appreciate this. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Appreciate you coming on and everybody else will see you on the other side. Thank you. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.